This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. I'm always surprised how many obstacles stand in my way when I plan to go fly fishing. It seems like there is a gravitational pull which is keeping me away from the river. Today Dave and I are going to discuss some of the barriers that keep us from fly fishing more or that keep fly fishers from fly fishing more and how can we push through them. Dave, what's one of the greatest barriers to fly fishing more? Get us started. Well, the first is season of life. I have a mentor who used to say to me, when you're younger you have more time and less money. As you age, you tend to have more money and less time. Oh, and that's so true. You know, my, my daughter, Anna, when, when she was little, we'd camp. She'd, she used to say, Daddy, why do uh, all of the older people that don't have large families, why do they have the great big campers? And the families like us with a lot of kids have the little campers. <laughs> so, you're, you're right. More time and less money. Yes. But I think season of life is a big barrier and there are different reasons for that one is just simple suffering that comes into your life yeah. i remember the stretch when my wife's mother had alzheimer's and it was at the same time that we had our little one jalen she was a foster daughter at that point and not yet an adopted daughter and so and also actually you add in there it was just after the Great Recession, and mm. I was still experiencing it with my business. Remember, we would talk about, can we really afford to do a trip this year to Montana? Oh, man, and do oh. you remember, at least during two of those really hard years, we went twice to Montana. Oh, I know. We'd say, we can't afford not to do this. That's my <laughs> mantra. I think there's truth to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That gets to some yeah. other things down the, later in the podcast that we'll talk about, but suffering you go through broken legs you know, oh, issues yeah. divorce mm -hmm. what, whatever the suffering is you have in your life yep. that can prevent you from getting out on the river another issue is your age of your kids oh yeah and the sports that they're in right oh, now i know they're i'm actually not going fly fishing during the month of september because i'm going to several games for my son he's a senior in college playing football this may be his last season he could play another season because he was injured one of his four years but I'm making the most of it, so I'm going to sacrifice fishing in September to go to his games. I spent a lot of time that I could have been on the Madison River or the Yellowstone when we lived in Montana. I was I was sitting in the bleachers, and I loved it. You know, I'm, I'm not complaining. It, that's that's just the reality. You know, we've got five games this weekend with our kids or sometimes uh, even on weeknights. It's crushing. And, right, it is. And you'd like to say that you're supportive mm -hmm. of all that, and you are. Right. But you're realizing, okay, that's a sacrifice, mm -hmm. and that means I'm not getting sure, out on the river. Sure. You know, I think another one that ties into season of life would be your career, whether you're trying to get your career going or uh, you're in a career that's really demanding. Uh, having been a pastor for a number of years, I have, a, I have this interesting dynamic because, in one hand, my schedule is very flexible, and there are times where, hey, the Mother's Day caddis hatches on, I'd... Uh, throw my gear in my pickup truck, my red Toyota, and I drive over to the Yellowstone River. Fish a couple hours and couple head back. Hours and head back yep. because I'd have a meeting that night. There's somebody in the hospital I need to see. You know, I was kind of on call 24-7. So, 
probably for me, there, there were some advantages, but I, I know some people that uh, you just can't do that. I mean, you, you are, you're working sun up to sun down. Yeah, absolutely. And or you're in a job where you have a set hours. You're working yes, from mm-hmm. eight to five or eight that's to six, right. and there's not a lot of flexibility two weeks off yep, a year. That's right. And that's what it is in your uh, early years, especially. I Another know. one is finances. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. you and I have always said, and it's kind of the gestalt, I think, of our podcast, is that we really are to those fly fishers who are not the people who pay for their fly fishing experiences. Right. Meaning they spend, they call themselves fly fishers, but really they're not. What right. they do is they go out yeah. to Oregon and pay for a guide yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, spend two days on the river, right. catch 900 fish and call themselves a fly fisher. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm right. grateful for that. I think that's wonderful, yeah. but and that's we, not you and I. No, and we're not, uh, we're, we do not look down on people who make a lot more money. I've got a lot of friends who make a lot more money than I do. And there, there's some gracious, generous people but we're just saying for a lot of us uh, yeah we're average yeah we're not broke we're not super rich right you know we're and we're able to do the kind of trips that we do now and it's only really one a year we're we're flying to montana or wyoming uh, but we're able to do that now i i couldn't have done that when my kids were in high school there's just no way and the trips that we go to colorado for or two when we go to colorado generally for me it's because of business i have clients out there Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not complaining yeah. about my financial in situation. Montana, we're staying with friends, people that Absolutely. we know. Absolutely. So, so yeah. yeah. So I'm not complaining about no. that. I'm just saying most people don't have unlimited amount of time right. and unlimited amount of money to yeah, fly fish. Exactly. And and so that's the people who listen to the podcast. That's yep. who we talk to, and that's who we aspire to be is to do more fly fishing with yep. what the resources that we have. So, but finance is an yeah. issue, especially early in life. I couldn't do what I'm mm-hmm. doing now when I was yep. in my 20s and 30s. I'm sure I've said this before, but I always thought I'd have to discipline myself to do less of what I love doing. You know, oh, I'm going I'm to be in this job. I can't uh, be fly fishing all the time. I have to discipline myself not to do it. But oddly enough, it's just the opposite. I have to be intentional about carving it into my schedule. So, Dave, what would you say with this barrier that we're calling season of life? A lot of things wrapped into that, but what's the lesson in all of this? The lesson is to make time, put it on the calendar, and make a way to make it happen. Think about, we're going to Montana this second weekend for a week Mm -hmm. um, in several weeks, but we put that on the calendar. We started talking about it the moment we got back the year Mm -hmm. before, we put it on the calendar, and now we've been yep. budgeting, uh, and f- kind of budgeting. And finance has almost killed it. We were having almost trouble finding flights for under 550 bucks, of all places, to Bozeman, which has more airlines in and out of there now. I don't understand that. But we finally got down into the 350 range, uh, flying out of Milwaukee. So yeah. You know what we're doing? I'm... I'm driving, uh, you and I are going up to Milwaukee the night before, Mm -hmm. staying in a cheap hotel, Mm -hmm. Notel Motel, and then getting up early. It's like a Super 8, it's not too bad, but yeah, no frills. (laughs) By the way, there was a murder up in Lake Geneva about two weeks ago, Wisconsin. It was at a Super 8 motel. (laughs) Oh, great. Thank you so much. (laughs) The reason I say that is because my nephew actually just rolled up to the hotel and oh, the guy's screaming. Right. He's got right. he had just been stabbed. Oh, I didn't know that. And was the police were not even eight. there yet. So they oh, finally man. descended upon the place and the guy actually died. Anyway. Oh great. Oh, Sorry, that's it's a, little macabre, a lovely but... thought now as we get ready for our trip. <laughs> okay, so season of life and you're saying the lesson is make time, make a way. What's another barrier? Another is health. And mm. 
there's this assumption when you're young that you're always going to have wheels. You're, yep. you're always going to be able to walk, run. There's this assumption that you'll always be able to do what you're doing. And I know some people who have been ter were terrific athletes in their 20s and 30s and now in their 50s are kind of broken people. Yeah, and they have right. had heart issues. They've had strokes. They've mm -hmm. had just knee, knee replacements, hip replacements. That's especially true of those who have played sports, man, 50s yeah. are tough. Yeah. So I do think that health is a really big issue, especially once you hit midlife, kind of in your 40s, you have to yep. start thinking about it. And there are always those super athletes that run the marathons and stuff. But for the rest of us, I've always said, my goal is to be in shape so I can do the things I love and, and, and do them as long as I can with my family. Exactly. I read an interesting uh, interview with Kevin Cronin. He's the lead singer of REO Speedwagon. You remember that band? I sure do. They're man. actually an Illinois band. They started at University of Illinois, and I think one of the guys, Gary Rickrath, who was a hard-driving partier and lead guitarist, was from Peoria. Yeah, he was a great close guitarist, where I grew actually. up. And then Kevin Cronin was from uh, Evanston, Illinois, not far from where uh, you and I live now, but. Anyway, he's now in his mid-60s, and I read an article where he said he eats right, he exercises so he can do concerts in his mid-60s. And I thought, that's, that's really wise. That, that's what we have to do. So, you know, take care of yourself before you can't fight this feeling anymore and have to stay home. <laughs> See what I did there, Dave? I did. Yes. Actually, I can't fight that feeling when I want to eat more <laughs> chips and salsa like we had for lunch oh yeah i know yeah we're uh, we're kind of hypocritical but friday's sort of our <laughs> cheat day right that's, that's what oh, i told my wife goodness. priscilla and she said yeah but then how come wednesday is a cheat day and thursday's a cheat day <laughs> so what's the lesson here steve well it, it is to take care of yourself to do what you have to do uh, if, if you're going to be able to get out and fly things. and again it doesn't mean you have to run marathons it's just no. it's amazing what just a small amount of exercise and a modicum of control in terms of your eating can do. So what are you doing right now to get ready for our fall trip? You know, it's, it's going to the gym. And honestly, that's what keeps me going to the gym. I, I envy people who love going to the gym. I, I just think it's the most boring thing in the world. I Maybe because that's I'd rather hunt, I'd rather fly fish, I'd rather be out doing things, you know, running on a treadmill or a Stairmaster and, you know, using weights. I, I mean, I it's not that I hate it, but like, well, that, that's not, I, I don't get some sort of deep satisfaction. But the, the way that I get myself there is to say, all right, this is going to help me uh, when we hike down to Tower Fall. This is going to help me on the hike back out. Yeah, for sure. And this is going to help me, you know, when I'm doing different, you know, stuff with working on legs. This is going to help me when we're scrambling over these boulders. So, Well, standing in the river, I tell you oh, what, it's yeah. the Yellowstone River, my goodness. Right. Yeah, fly fishing is not an extreme sport, but it is a sport that if you're going to catch fish and, and you need to hike back in, you're going to deal with current all day, you have to be in shape. Well, here's the thing. If you're not willing to walk an extra mile, extra two miles, you're not going to get really good fishing. No. So no, it, it's right. a good motivator to do it. I wish I looked mm -hmm. like I work out as much as I do. I yeah. do not. But keeping in shape is just basic to fly fishing. Yeah, and I, yeah. so I think health is a, is a barrier and mm -hmm. you just have to fight it and you have to just overcome it. Right. And we've known some guys who, who haven't been in the best of health, but they found ways to get out. And sometimes they've had friends take them. 
you may have to settle for a little bit less. But right, there's things you can right. control and there's things you yeah. can't control, right? I, I've often thought, you know, when we get into our 70s, rather than just stop fly fishing, you know, if we can't hike into tower, it's like we're going to have to, hopefully we'll have more disposable income, maybe not, but we're going to have to do more floats. <laughs> so as long as we can, the, the two old guys can get into the boat, then we're okay. <laughs> Waddle into the boat. That's right. Oh, man. All right, so we've talked about the barrier of season of life. Uh, we've talked about health being a possible barrier. Uh, what's another one, Dave, that keeps people off the river? I think a big one is frustration. And what that's mean especially by that? true for younger fly fishers. Yeah, okay. So, for example, I have a client who has fly fished, I think mostly gone on guided trips, and he would love to get out more. And I told him, you know, I said, hey, why don't we take one day in September, and this counters my previous thought, but I said, mm -hmm. I'll take a day off. We'll call it a client day, right? Yeah. And we'll buzz up to the Blue River, and we'll, you know, get leave at 5 a.m., get there by 8 or 9 fish for three or four hours and drive back and he wasn't rising to it and I, hmm. and I was as we were talking I'm thinking what's going on then all of a sudden he said you know Dave do, do you know I don't know anything you're gonna have huh. to show me everything yeah. I said huh. that's okay yeah you know I've got the rods kind of we'll be yeah. wet waiting we don't even need to worry about that but I do think a barrier for a lot of folks who do the guided trips, who do the, where you pay for a service, which is again, is a wonderful thing. Steve and I, at least once a year, pay for a guide, but they're so discouraged. It's so hard to move from that to actually beginning to fly fish. Right. And, and there's a lot of discouragement and it, there's a lot of frustration. You don't know what mm -hmm. you're doing. Maybe you're hitting it during what we've called the dis dead zones. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to do dry fly fishing when in fact you should be streamer fishing right. and yet you don't know how to streamer fish and yeah. you don't even know how to read the water. There's so many things. So Yeah, and you go out four times and you don't catch anything. Then you start to say, this isn't that much fun. So yeah. what are some other uh, frustrations that people have? I think crowded conditions, that's always one. Uh, <laughs> I've told the story before, but I remember one day in April, no, it was the last day of March. This was... Uh, probably about 2003, I had uh, kind of half a day off. I usually took Mondays off, but I had I was working that morning, and Monday afternoon, my kids are in school, my wife is at, at her job, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna go out and fly fish down on the Gallatin River, maybe, I don't know if it's 15 miles south of where I lived. And so I drove down there to Williams Bridge, uh, just south of Four Corners, uh, it's actually on Ted Turner's property. He put in some nice uh, uh, you know, little parking area and nice access to get to the river. Well, I got there and there's like six cars. I'm thinking, no, I, I'm just not in the mood for that today. So I drove a little further uh, down, yeah, down the river. No, 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 up the river. Sorry, up the river, uh, heading south. And uh, came to the next place and oh, it was like three cars. I thought, forget it, I'm going to head home. And, and thankfully, when I got to Four Corners, I thought about going out to the bear trap. I hadn't fished out there for a while, and I actually drove through the intersection and thought, you know what, I'm just going to have to... Head back. Yeah. I thought, I, I'm going to go out and try that. So I actually turned around, and I'm so glad I did because it was, it was really good. That was a day that kind of discovered that rainbow run and phenomenal yeah. I'm so fishing. so glad you but, pursued that. But that's it. It's, it's crowded conditions. 
Uh, you know, you talked a little bit too about not knowing what you're doing. I mean, that's a that's a huge one. So I, I guess the lesson in all of this is you have to push through the frustration. You've got to discipline yourself to get out there, and and that doesn't mean going out and doing the same old unsuccessful thing, but to say, you know what, I am going to hire a guide, or I have this friend that I just think that's a cool story you told Dave that you had somebody that was willing to say, hey, I I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, I'll I'll go if you can show me and. I think there's a lot of fly fishers that really enjoy uh, working with people who have never fly fished. And I'm thankful for, uh, that's how I got into it. I had people who were patient with me and helped me. And you were so patient with me when you got me going. (laughs) That's because I didn't know what I was doing either. (laughs) You you thought I did. Oh, the silence was, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing either. (laughs) I thought you were just being judgmental. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that too. Of course I was. The lesson here is you just have to push through the frustration. Yeah, just absolutely. Just have to push through the frustration. I have found like when you're in this growth curve, it's really, really painful. But for, next thing you know, you're on a plateau where you start to, you know, there's a new, there's a new learning that you're able to implement. And all of a sudden you start to catch more fish, whether you're trying to start with streamers or nymphs or just be a better dry fly fisher. You just need to push through that frustration yeah. and get out on the river. Absolutely. What's another one, Dave? I know you've talked about this one. This is a biggie. Another big one is just fly fishing access. Access to rivers and streams. Oh, absolutely. And why is that an issue now? Well, we were talking about this the other day. Since the movie A River Runs Through It came out 25 years ago, it, it was really a wonderful moment for the sport. It was also kind of a Debbie Downer moment for the sport in that it popularized fly fishing. And you can really see a huge growth curve in terms of outfitters Mm -hmm. and brands. And now today, you know, brands will come out with a new fly rod, new technology every two years, every three years, when in fact it really hasn't changed that much. But the pressure to create brand, that all, that industry, that whole industry came about largely not only right because fly fishing has been around for quite a while but that was a vectoring point that really gave it a the problem is that Mm -hmm. it created a lot of pressure on the rivers Mm -hmm. and one of the great gifts of montana as i've mentioned in a previous episode is the fact that it's the stream access law Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of states that don't have that right Mm -hmm. and more and more places are being leased so the 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 owner will say, hey, we'll let this outfitter lease the land. It right. creates cash flow. Mm-hmm. You see it in North Dakota with hunting a lot. This mm-hmm. never existed yeah. in the 70s and the 80s when I was yep. living there and growing up. Right. But now today there's a lot of, and, and, and the thing is, is once that's leased, you cannot fish that, so or you right. cannot hunt that. And I don't begrudge everyone who does that. It's just not that, at all. Just that when that happens a lot, you wow, you just can't fish. I think whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, public access to public land is a huge issue yeah, and should it really unite. Is. If it's one, if there's yeah. one issue that could unite us. It's yeah. that issue. Yeah. We were just talking in a previous episode about the scapegoat wilderness and the Bob Marshall wilderness. Thousands. I, I was looking in the yeah. scapegoat, 250,000 acres wow. of land set aside. So thankful for that. For yeah. hunting, fishing. Mm-hmm. Can't have yeah. motorized vehicles back there. Oh, I know. What a gift to I, this country. I, I mean, even hunting. I remember you know shooting a couple of elk and my brother shot a nice bull 
you know, in the wilderness area, the, the Beartooth of Zorky wilderness area. I mean, if it wasn't for that, yeah, and, and some of the, the, yeah, fishing works the same too. Having, having uh, access that, that some of these Department of Natural Resources or Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, whatever your state calls it, you know, there are states that are doing that, and I'm so thankful for that. Well, we've, we've mentioned this many times, but both on the Minnesota side and the Wisconsin side of the Driftless, there is just quite a bit of fly fishing mm -hmm. access. These yeah. turnstiles that they'll put in and these farmers, mm -hmm. I'm sure they must get paid something yeah. from the state, but there's there's just ample access. And, and what really a gift is. that is. But without that, that's a barrier to fly fishing. It really is. So I think the lesson in this, Dave, is to do some research. And you actually did that this spring where you, you said, hey, let's try the Blue River. And I, I was like, huh? What's the, never heard of the Blue River. Well, you had done some research. What is it? Maybe an hour west of Madison? Yeah, about 60 Wisconsin. miles. Yeah, It's not that far. No, and, it's not that far at all. And it was a, it's a fairly small stretch that we fished, but wow, was it ever good. We, it was good, and we fished it on a day in which there was not a lot of pressure. Sometimes it does get pressure because yeah. it's so mm -hmm. close to Madison. But... Yeah, that was just a great gift. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Do some research and and find access. There are a lot of streams that just mm -hmm. rarely get fished. Yeah, they really are. Go find them. It's Don't use that as a, a reason not to get out and fly fish. So we're talking today about overcoming barriers that keep you from fly fishing. We've identified four so far. Uh, the season of life that you're in. Uh, health is another barrier. Uh, frustration. Uh, the fourth was access. Uh, one more, Dave. What's the what's the last one? The fifth and final is weather. <laughs> yeah. And you have to be careful. I think when you get older, you start to become a little lazy, and just less willing to endure the elements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and so I last summer, well, actually it was this summer, I took my son Corey up to camp early on in June up in Wisconsin, so I live in the De Chicago area, and it was directly north about five hours. I thought, ah, should I fly fish? You can fly fish up in the Upper Peninsula. I I've just never had great luck there. I've tried to fish the Brule River and mm -hmm. a few other streams. I've caught, I've had a little luck, but not a ton. So I thought, why don't I come back down through Madison, go west and fish the Blue River? So I did, and I almost didn't. But I said, I'm going to fish. I had my rod with <laughs> yeah. me. So I did that, and it was a horrible day. It was hot, mosquitoes. I mean, the bugs were just crazy. The river was wow. was overgrown. There was only a small channel that was so weedy. But I did get out there. I fished for maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I said, mm -hmm. eh, this is unproductive. So I stopped early, but I went out there and did it anyway. Yeah. And I think weather sometimes does prevent you mm -hmm from getting out on the water. And I think you just have to pursue it and go through it and push through it. Well, you do, because I've always said that the worst weather for fly fishers is the best weather for fly fishing. Actually, why am I saying that I said that? I borrowed that from somebody. <laughs> you and Paul Harvey. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> I, I stole that from somebody. But think about that. Uh, you know, if, if it's raining out, say, oh no, it's gonna rain. Well, guess what? That's when some the of The BWO hatch come oh, off. Amazing. Yep. Or snow. I've had some great moments when it's snowing, uh, catching trout. But that's not the most fun weather to fish in. Although I'll say this, Dave, I don't know about you, but I'd rather fish in snow than in rain. 
Absolutely, that's true. Yeah, it's it's a little easier not to get soaked. It's kind of like the with the snowflakes. Yeah, they're they're moist and wet, but also depends on the snow. It does. Yeah, I remember fly fishing in in the bear trap with yeah. you and having some of those snow squalls come in. Oh, and yeah. They're big wet snowflakes. Oh, yeah, they are. You get wet pretty quickly, that's, and yep. it's so thick mm-hmm. it's hard to even yep. fly fish. But usually at that point, yep. the wind isn't bad. It's when the wind, you got that wind and the snow's coming sideways. So you have the snow and the wind, that becomes a problem. Yep, it is. So lesson, I'd say dress dress for the weather. Again, the, the worst weather for fly fishers is the best weather for fly fishing, except for the wind. We hate wind and yep. we could do another, we could do a podcast on that, but I would be so angry by the time we were done, so we won't. <laughs> but other than wind, you know, you want to be out there when it's snowing. You want to be out there when it's when it's rainy. It's actually uh, one reason why both of us fish a nine foot six weight mm-hmm. as opposed to a nine foot five weight. It's just that extra. Because of the wind. Yeah, because yeah. of the wind. Absolutely. Well, we hope that helps. Hope that you'll push through those barriers. Uh, Right now, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. I got a good laugh out of this comment on Facebook. This was posted by Chuck in response to our piece on five more fly fishing myths. Uh, We talked about myths like the more I fly fish, the better I'll become. And the more flies I have in my fly box, the better my odds at catching more fish. Well, Chuck responded and he said, how about... The more gear I have, the more fish I'll catch. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But then, he didn't stop there. Then things got a little personal, and this is what he said. He said, maybe for Steve it would be, the more Sims gear I have, the more fish I'll catch. Now, Dave, you need to defend my honor. You know that that's not true, right? Uh, Well, I'd probably say the more Sims chapstick i have the more oh, likely man. i'll catch more fish yeah yeah I, I, i've never gotten over that so so here's the story if you haven't heard this on a previous podcast i needed chapstick and we were in a, a the sim store in uh bozeman montana actually the river's edge west which carries all sims products i needed chapstick the only chapstick was sims chapstick so there's a walgreens I, right by there come do? on yeah it, it's not like i uh you know, that I'm a walking advertisement for Sims. Pay $55 for that little thing of chapstick? <laughs> Probably. And I have to tell you, I, I love Sims stuff, but that chapstick was really bitter. It was not good. Okay, maybe I do have a Sims hat. I have Sims waiters. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think Chuck is right. That's a, that's a good myth. The more gear I have, the more fish I'll catch. Maybe it's, yeah, the truth is the more gear I have, the quicker I'll sink to the bottom of the river if I fall in. Well, that's going to do it for today. What barriers have you had to overcome to fly fish more? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. Tell us what obstacles you've had to push through to be able to do more fly fishing. You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, certainly on all the social platforms. We publish one new episode each week on our website, and we have received quite a few comments and notes from you thanking us for our podcast. And several of you have mentioned, hey, is there anything I can do to help you make sure you keep this thing going? And there is a couple things. The first and most important thing is simply to refer the podcast to your TU chapter, to your fly fishing friends, or if you're part of a fly fishing club, we'd love for you just to mention it and, and refer refer the podcast. The second thing is if you wanted, we have this book called 
The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. You can purchase it on Amazon. And if you'd like to talk to your local fly shop owner to see if he or she would be willing to carry our book, that'd be great. You can just reach out to us via the social platforms or email, and we'd be glad to make that happen. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.